I'm actually going to start a little bit in chapter 4 and get into chapter 5. And Paul's writing the church at Galatia. He's talking about being free. And sometimes we forget the freedom that we have as children of God. And, and be careful what you think is freedom. And, and as he's talking to them, he's reminding them uh, of Isaac. And he's reminding them of things. And in verse 30... Uh, of chapter 4 he says nevertheless what saith the scripture cast out the bondwoman and her son for the son of a bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of a free woman so then brethren we are not children of the bondwoman but of the free so he's reminding the church that hey we're we're not held under our bondage we're free. The things from your past have nothing to do with you. And so you, you think that's the stuff that, that binds you and holds you down. And in verse 1 of chapter 5, he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the bond, yoke of bondage. You know, he, uh, Eugene Peterson, in his uh, paraphrase, the message, he said this, this verse. He says, Christ has set us to live a free life, so take your stand and never again let anyone or anything put a harness of slavery on you. And we need to be careful because there are things in our life that could put a, a harness on us and bring us into slavery, and, and you don't realize how easy that is. I mean, think about this. I'll give you one that probably a lot of people in here are held bondage to, and that's a cup of coffee in the morning. You know, I know people who, uh, I know one especially who she can't function unless she gets her coffee. And, and, and boy, she gets upset if she don't get it. And, and you know, you think about that, and you, we laugh, that's funny. But there are things in our life that are just like that. There are sins in our life that have become so entangled in our life that without them, we just don't think we can function and we're stuck with it. And it's, it's like dragging a, a, a weight around behind us you know paul talks about the new man and the old man the old man is basically a dead man could you imagine if you was dragging a dead weight behind you the whole time and that's the way these these things that take us into bondage tend to do and it, it grabs you and it pulls you down and he's trying to tell the church he said don't let anything or anyone bring you into this bondage you know being free is a blessing that god gets us the title of my lesson this morning sermon this morning is are you ready for a blessing and i should have said are you ready for freedom but i got to think i said being free of the yoke of sin, being free of the things that bind us is a blessing that only the children of God can truly understand. And, and, and you know, I, I like what, what happens because you think the things that I, I thought about that, I said, you know, the things that bring me under bondage the most are usually things of my own doing. It's things that I, I've started, as James said in James chapter 1, verse 15, when he said this, he says, then, then when lust have conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And, and so I want you to be sure when you put, take, take the word lust and realize what it amounts to is stuff that you desire, things that you got to have. I mean, how many of you ever did want your way? Anybody like that? I got to have my way, and it, and it's going to be my way or no way. You know, being being a supervisor, that's, that's my opinion on life a lot of times. And I got to realize sometimes that gets me in trouble. And, and so you got to think, okay, hey, I got to be careful and not let my desire become fruitful in my life. 
because it's there. God reminds us because what happens then is it slowly starts to pull you away. And let me tell you, the worst death for a Christian is to be away from, the, from God, not to be in His will. You, 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 a lot of times you don't realize it until you're like the prodigal son, you find yourself in the pig pen. How did I get here? How did I get to this state? Well, the whole thing is, is you've allowed something in your life to put you in bondage and drag you down to that state. And so a lot of it is our own fault. Now, there, 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 there are those things that, that happen and, and that we have that we can get rid of. Because you think of this, the, the psalmist said in Psalms 55, verse 22, he says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. God made promises. He says, hey, if you've got a problem, if you've got a burden, if you've got an issue in your life, bring it to God. You know, if, if, there's a, if you're dealing with a sickness, you're dealing with a hurt, bring it to God. Because let me tell you, that can cause you to be in bondage. You can focus more on that. You know, one of the worst things that ever happens, and, and I've been there when you go to the doctor and they says, hey, it's cancer. And that's a, that's a life-changing diagnosis. It really makes you look at things differently. And, and, you, and But what's bad is you can say, okay, Lord, hey, with your help, we'll make it through this. Hey, and if I don't, I know with your help, I know where I'm going. So I'm going to stand strong because you're with me. Or you can allow that diagnosis and that problem to become the focus and the center of your life. And that's all you think about, all you focus on, and all you talk about. And it takes you from freedom into bondage. So there's so many different things that do. And, and so I, I got to think of the Lord, how do we enjoy this blessing of freedom that we have. How do we, we do that? Because we are truly blessed people. <coughs> you, you think the Bible talks about the different blessings we have. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, he says this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So, hey, you can be humble and be blessed. You, you, can, you can rely on God and be blessed. Listen to this in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. It says this. It says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. So if you rely on the Lord on everything, you're blessed. So if you're humble, you're blessed. If you rely on Him, you're blessed. If you're a child of God who works like God calls you, do your best. Listen to this, Psalms 118, verse 26 says, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. You hear that? Blessed is he that cometh. Because when you serve God, you're not serving him for your own. If you are, then that's the only blessing you're going to get. If you're serving him for him, then you're blessed. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So if you're righteous, you're blessed. But I think one of the best ones is in Psalms 32 too, which says, Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile. And the only way that can happen in your life is if you're saved. If you're a child of God. If Jesus Christ is your Lord. And if that's true, you are truly blessed. You are blessed indeed. Blessed beyond a lot of what people think about. 
And I got to think, I said, but you know, God, sometimes we forget what we are. And we allow these problems in our life and these things in our life to, to grab hold of us. And, and we're, we're not made to enjoy the blessing of freedom, which is free from our sins, free from our past, free from our problems. And I said, Lord, how do, how do we get back to that, to where we can enjoy the blessings that you've told us we have? And, and so I've got a couple of things. And the first one is, is you, you need to be prepared. You know, and that's that, well, that sounds pretty easy, don't it? Just be prepared. Kind of like the Boy Scout motto. But I got to think, how are you to be prepared? And the first way is it takes righteousness. You know, the, the thing about it, Christian, you can't just say, I'm saved and then just live like the devil. It don't work that way. You, and let me tell you, if you think it does, then you're going to spend more time in bondage than you are anywhere else. Because I've heard people, I've heard people say, well, you know, hey, I'm saved. God loves me. He'll forgive me. You know, it's like, oh, I got this get out of jail free card. I'm going to do what I want. Well, that's not, that's not it. You need to be ready. Listen to this. And Zechariah and Elizabeth are a perfect example of being, being righteous. Luke chapter 1, verse 6 said this, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all commandments and ordinance of the Lord, blameless. When God looked down at them, he said, that's the ones I'm going to send my, help, my, my announcer, the one who's going to herald the, the, the announcement that the kingdom of heaven is coming. That's the one who's going to be John's daddy and his mama. Why? You know how they were righteous? They lived their life like God wanted them. They pleased the Lord in everything they did. And that's how I said they were blameless. Their, their walk, their personality, everything about them said God. You know, the thing about it is some of us, we, we strive to be righteous on Sundays. But what about Monday? What about when, when things are, are, are bad? Do, can people realize that you're righteous? You know, sometimes it's something you've got to be prepared at. It's something you've got to work at. You know, it, 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 I, I think about how, how it should be part of our life. And God gives us an example in, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 on through, when he is separating the sheep and the goats. I like to read that story because it reminds me of how we should be. Let me share, share one, or, or one verse with you. Or two verses, actually. Verse 31 says, When he talked to the sheep, and he told them what he had done, he said in verse 37, he said, Then the righteous answered him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? You know, they, they didn't go out hunting to do things. It was part of their nature. It was part of their life. They, they did it just because it was in their heart. To be righteous starts here. You know, it, it, it's like this. You, you go home, if you go out and you do some yard work, and you get really dirty, you don't go home and take off the old dirty clothes and then put some clean socks on and get in the shower. 
you take care of the, the problem, and the problem is the heart. Christian, our problem is our heart sometimes gets hard. It gets cold. It gets indifferent. Because we put things between us and God. And we need to realize that we need to talk more to Him, spend more time with Him, so that our heart becomes natural, that we just do what God wants us to do. You know, it's kind of easy. He gives us a, a way to do it. Luke chapter 11, verse 28. He said this. He said, but he said, Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. You want to know how you can be righteous? Just keep it. Listen to what God tells you, and to keep it means to do it. It don't mean to write it down put it on a piece of paper, hang it on the, the, the refrigerator and say, well, that sounds good. One of these days I'm going to do it. I, I, I remember going to the heart doctor and he gave me a diet. I mean, it was the worst diet you could ever see. I took that thing and I did what was right. I put it on the refrigerator because I figured I'd go there an awful lot. I would see it. And I'd look at it and I'd say, one of these days I'm going to start that thing. One of these days, it's going to mean something to me. People say, well, you know how to lose weight? I got a diet right there. It tells me everything I need to do. See, that's not keeping it. That's just seeing it, maybe hearing it. Keeping it is hearing God's word, reading God's word, and applying it to your life. You've got to mean business. You've got to say, hey, God, because you said it, I'm going to do it. It might not be fun. You know what I realized? Being on a diet is the worst thing in the world. Because when you go on a diet, everybody invites you out to eat. Everybody brings things for you. There's cookies everywhere. And worst time going to diet is during from, from November to January. It's horrible. Everybody's, hey, try this. And it, it, it really it really tries your, your, your patience. But let me tell you, Sometimes you've got to work at being righteous because it's easier to get down in the pig pen with the pigs than it is to stand up and say, I'm going to the Father's house. It takes faith to do it. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 28, it says this, Then Jesus answered her and says, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou will. And her daughter was made whole that very hour. You realize that faith can get you a long way. And I, you know, as I read that story about the, the woman who came and she asked, and her faith is what really, what really got Jesus' attention. I said, well, Lord, what is faith? And he said, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about it in the Word. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, he gives us the definition. He says this, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And and, I, and and so then he, God kind of breaks it down even for somebody as simple-minded as me. He says, every time you sit in a chair, you think that chair is going to hold you up. Yeah, yeah. We, we, how many of y'all ever buy those plastic chairs that you put outside? They're good for a little while, but you know they're not made for fat guys. I'll go ahead and tell you that. They don't last long. Man, I got some, and I had them in the backyard. So I was doing some yard work uh, back during the summer, and I had piled everything up. I said, I'm going to take a break. And I got that chair, and I sat in it thinking it was going to hold me up, found out the hard weight. No, it was not. 
So I put my faith that was going to support me, and then I realized it wasn't. We put our faith in all kind of things every day, but do you put your faith in God? You know, you can't see them. We talk to them, but you can't hear them. But then when you look all around, you see his works. When you listen closely, you hear his voice everywhere. See, we, we, we put our faith in, as what a lot of said, the unseen God. But one day we will see him face to face. Until that day, what we have is faith. And then the Bible even tells you how to get faith. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says this, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So our faith comes from hearing what this book has to tell us. You know, and if you're not listening to the book, you're not reading the book, then how are you getting faith in God? It amazes me. There's people who own these things who never have actually even opened them up. And then I heard, well, they're hard to read. Well, let me ask you a question. Is it addressed to you? Because I found out if you don't know the author, it's hard to read what he's trying to say. But when you know the Lord, he starts to open it up to you. And he, he reveals it to you. You know, I, 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 Lord has blessed me sometimes because he allows me to understand things. And I remember when I first started reading the Bible, I couldn't understand a word of what was in there. Over time, God has allowed me to see it. So my faith has grown because my knowledge of the word has grown. The only way my knowledge of the word has gone, grown is to get in God's word. And then he tells us a little bit more about it. He tells us about how you do use faith, how you put it in action. He tells us this. He says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy Understand what faith is and how you get it. Then you understand how it works. It works by giving over to him. You know, that lady who came to her with that child that was sick, and she was a Gentile, and, and, and knowing that Jews didn't talk to Gentiles, but she said, he can help me. I know he can. Sometimes we got to have faith. And the next thing is, is that you've got to be prayed up. No, you gotta have the that you gotta be prayed. You know, if a child of God is not praying, then you're gonna be in bondage because you're not listening, you're not talking. It's a place where we find power. Bible's full of it. I, I love Acts chapter nine, verse forty. Listen to this. But but Peter put them all forth and nailed down. Let me give you a background. This is there was a young lady who had died, and the 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 everybody was sad. Her name was Tabitha, and she was she was dead. So they called the apostles, and Peter goes and and he he brings everybody. And he says, "Let me y'all step out. Y'all step out. I'm going to pray." And so listen to what he says. It says, 
But Peter put them all forth and knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. You realize the same Holy Spirit, the same God Peter prayed to, is the same one we had the privilege of praying to? God raised a dead woman. And you think, you, you got an issue in your life? You got problems in your life? You don't think he can take care of that? I mean, dead people just don't sit back up. And if they do, they don't open their eye, turn their head and look at you. And, you know, Peter had never done this before. This wasn't, and it wasn't Peter. Peter just did what the Holy Spirit told him to do. Holy Spirit said, Peter, tell her to rise. And Peter said, rise. I bet Peter was shocked as everybody else. But we have that same God living in us that can raise the dead. And so when you've got a problem that's holding you in bondage, you don't think God can help you out through it. But you've got to have that faith when you're praying. See, without faith, your prayers are kind of useless. Now, there's a lot of times, man, I'm guilty of this. I've gone to the Lord. And, 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 and in my heart and in my mind, say this, God's not going to help me. He's not going to listen to me. Why would he? But ain't it awesome when he shows up? Because I found out sometimes there's other people who actually have faith that are praying. You know, it, we, we need to stay prayed up so not only do we can realize the power of God, so that we... Because one of the issues a lot of us face is sometimes problems keep persisting but God works at his own time. And so when you're faced with an issue, you, you start thinking it's bigger. It, it's like this, you know, the, there was an army in camp one time, and, and there was this giant that would come out and challenge them every day. And because he looked so big and so mean, everybody fled. But it took one little boy who knew the power of God to bring them down. And we need to realize that. And, and it, we need to realize the strength he gives us. And, and, and this week I heard a verse and it reminded me in Isaiah chapter, chapter 40, verse 29, where it starts. It goes, it says, He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. I like that. Power to the faint. Those who just completely got now, they, oh, I fainted. There's no hope. He gives power to them. To them that have no might, he gives them strength. Then he says, even youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see, you think about that. God says, I'm going to give you strength. I can bring you up when you fainted. He said, best of all, though, is I can keep you from doing that. He can strengthen you. He can help you get out of situations, and he can empower you to walk once everything is handled. That's what's awesome. I mean, listen to how he put it. He says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They're going to have the strength they need. 
They shall run. Get out of the situation that you're in. And they shall walk and not faint. So God says, I'll establish your goings. It's like David said, the Lord picked him up out of the miry clay in Psalm 40 and put him on a rock and, and, and established his going. That's the kind of God that we serve, how awesome he is. Being prayed up strengthens us. But the next thing is you need to be willing to pursue. Once you realize you got all these things to help you, you don't know nothing about it, you're going to be in bondage. It, 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 it's like not doing things that you know right. You know, I like how Paul put it. Paul, Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he said, for now I'm ready to be offered, and my time of departure is at hand. Paul could have stopped and just started whining right there and said, Timothy, you're not here. Everybody's left. Paul, pitiful me. But he encouraged Timothy throughout that letter. And then he, he, he goes on a little bit later, before or even before that, he had told Timothy how to take care of himself, to be ready. He said, Timothy, in chapter 2, verse 21, he said, if a man, therefore, purges himself of these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. See, when Paul wrote, said that he was ready to be poured out, he said, I've done everything I could, Lord. Lord knows I have, Timmy. I did what God called me to do. I'm going to give you some last-minute advice how you should act. Don't let the things take you from being a vessel of honor for God and pulling you down and putting you in bondage. But purge yourself of the problems. See, everybody in here has got issues. There's none of us that do, don't. We all got things. But you know, how many of you will actually repent of a sin? You know what repent is? It means to turn away from with no intention of going back. Here's the way most of us do it. Lord, I got this sin, but I got it. I won't do it no more. It's like a little kid said, Mama, I won't lie again. And you know that little stinker's going to lie before the day's over. See, God knows that. And he knows your heart. But the thing about it is, the Satan also knows you. And he knows your weaknesses. So he uses those things. And Paul said, Timothy, you need to get rid of those things. It might cost what you think is something to start with. Well, if I, if I stop doing this, people are not going to be my friend anymore. God will give you better. See, anything you think you will lose, God will give you better. And that's where we forget is we need to get rid of it. He said, purge yourself so you can be a vessel of honor, not of dishonor. And we need to do it when we do it. We need to... Go all out doing it, not halfway. And in and, Second and Kings chapter thirteen, verses fourteen through nineteen, it says Elijah was sick, and sickness was there in the die, so he's fixing to die. And Josiah the king came down to him, wept over his face, and said, "Oh my." 
horsemen thereof. And Elijah said to him, because he was, he was basically he was whining because there was an army coming after him. And Elijah said unto him, Take a bow and arrows. And he took him a bow and arrows. And he said unto the king of Israel, Put thy hand upon thy bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elijah put his hand upon the king's hand. He said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the deliverance from Syria. And thou shalt smite Syria and Apex till thou have consumed them. And he said, The arrows. And he took them. And the king of Israel said, Smite the ground. And he smote it three times and stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou should have smited five or six times. Had thou smited thou smite Syria till thou had consumed it, whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. Sometimes we don't realize that when we don't do everything we can, we miss blessings. See, the king of Syria uh, or the king of Israel had an opportunity. When, when Elijah said, hit the ground with the arrows, he could have sat there and just beat on it and beat on it and beat on it. But no, he just did it just enough. And see, that's the problem with most Christians. We do just enough. Oh, I come to church on Sundays. That's just enough. I don't open my Bible on Mondays because I went to church on Sunday. I sang a song on Sunday, so I'm not going to praise God during the week. I do just enough. Just enough to be called a Christian. Just enough for people to know that, hey, he went to church. Or at least he said he did. We need to do everything we can, all with everything we got. Be willing to pursue. In Psalms 150, verses 1 and 2 says this. It says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the ferment of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. We're supposed to pray. We're, we are commanded to praise God. He said, well, preacher, I can't sing. I didn't say sing. I said praise him. Praise him. Say, just give him thanks. How many of you ever just have stopped and prayed and thanked God for what he's done for you? Brought you from where you are now, from where you used to be to where you are now. Some of us shouldn't even be alive today. But by the grace of God, we are. Some of us shouldn't be where we are financially, but by the grace of God, you are. You know, uh, it's it said in America, a lot of people are less than a paycheck away from being homeless. We get everyone here home. It's by God's grace. might not be the house you want. It might not be the car you want to drive, but you have one. It might not be the kind of clothes you want to wear, but you're covered. It might not be the lunch you want to eat today, but you might have one. So be thankful for that which God provides. He says, I'll give you your needs. He never said, I'll give you your wants. That's enough for us to praise Him. We're commanded to. Just thank Him. If you sing, sing. If you can't sing anyway, don't worry about what the world thinks. Know why we ought to? Because your debt's paid. First Timothy chapter two, verses five and six says this: For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, that man Christ Jesus, who gave Himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time. 
God gave himself for everyone. Jesus died on the cross for every one of us. Our debt's paid if we accept it. You know, we, we can be glad because of the verse we read to start with. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherein Christ had made us free. We're free. You can be free of the problems you have. You say, well, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to give you one last thing to praise God for is because everybody here is special. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 11 through 12, God wrote a letter to you. And it says this, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then he said, then you shall call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. God says, I love every one of you, and I want peace in your life. But you, you need to cry out to know me. If you do, you cry out with your problems. If you ain't got problems, cry out before they happen. God says, I want to hear from you. Because I love you. I got thoughts of peace. I have thoughts for a great end for you. You know what that end is? One day, he's coming to take the church home. One day, we'll be with him forever. One day, all the tears and sorrows will be wiped away. That's the end God has for his children. We don't need to allow things to pull us back down into bondage and back down into slavery because God says, I can set you free. When you're free, you're free indeed. But you got to give it to him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, as we come to you this morning, Father, I know that there are those of us that are struggling with chains and things that are just pulling us down, taking our freedom away, thoughts, actions, it's different things. Father, I pray this morning that you will open our hearts and open our eyes to see what it is. Some of us, we don't even realize it. It has become such a daily part of our life. This Lord, there's some that are going through such heartache and trouble. Lord, they just need you. Lord, whatever it is, have your way during this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray, amen. As you stand to your feet, we're going to sing page... 123. 123. As we sing, the altar is open. something that's, that's dragging you down that you don't leave before you take care of the altar.
missing this open until you leave. I do remind you this morning, if you got something personal on the pew, please take it with you. We're cleaning them this week, so we got to clean off all the pews before we leave. And we got to move some chairs. So some of y'all stick around, help us do that. Sure would appreciate it. Uh, remember, there's no service Wednesday, and we'll have, be back Sunday morning for Sunday school at 9 o'clock. Pray you can come and join us. If you need anything, give us a holler. I pray you have a wonderful week. Rick, will you close us in prayer this morning? Thank you, Father. We thank you for all the many blessings that you've given to Lord, go with us as we leave this church. Let your spirits go with us so that we may share your joy with those who are in the world. In Jesus' name I pray. It will be done. Amen. Thank you.